Let us pray. And the angel of the Lord said unto Elijah, Go down with him, be not afraid of him. And he arose and went down with him unto the king. 2 Kings 1.15 As I humbly come before you, God, I will fix my attention and set my gaze to your command to trust and rely on you. When I fall and make a mistake, let the broken state of my heart and spirit look to you to be my physician and healer. No longer will I look to others to heal the areas in my life that only you can restore. No longer will I put my trust in man-made traditions and outcomes, but instead I will pray to you, Lord, and wait in faith as you move on my behalf. I declare that pride and ego will not have a seat at the table of my heart. I will not let Ahaziah's behavior become my reality. So, as I stand in integrity and deliver the message you desire for me to give to the world, I can stand confident, knowing that when others rise up against me, I will be like Elijah. You will send a fire of justice to speak on my behalf and protect what you've placed inside of me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for making prayer a priority in your life. To hear the Bible come to life, stay tuned for The Bible in a Year. Brought to you by BibleInAYear.com Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. 
The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. A fallen king and falling fire. In our last story, we witnessed the faithful rule of King Jehoshaphat and Judah. His desire to seek God and his peace fueled many victories for Judah. Under his leadership, God provided a hedge of protection and prosperity over them. Now we learn about King Ahaziah's fall from God, literally and spiritually. And we witness the return of Elijah to once again bring difficult truths to a corrupt king, inspired by the book of Second Kings. Hello, this is Jack Graham with today's episode of the Bible in a Year podcast. In our last episode, we heard about the rule of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, who guided his people back to God and established justice and worship of the Lord throughout the southern kingdom. He was much like his ancestor David, earnestly seeking the Lord and being open to correction by God's prophet. Today, we'll return north to a kingdom in shambles after the death of Ahab. Israel's new king, Ahaziah, will suffer a great fall, and in his moment of despair, his cries will reveal where his trust really is. We'll also see the return of Elijah, who will speak God's heavy judgment upon a dishonorable king. So, Let's listen to God's word today. The troubled King Ahab had fallen. As arrows flew and pierced his flesh on the battlefield, the tides of power in the north began to turn. Israel was kingless for a short while, and the land of Moab tossed and turned with unrest. Moab had been under the rule and protection of Israel since King David. However, once Ahab was killed, the land that settled on the coast of the Dead Sea saw an opportunity to rebel. So, the new king of Israel, Ahaziah, took over during a time of incredible strain and unrest. One evening, Ahaziah was pacing in the upper room above his palace in Samaria. The warm summer breeze only made him more anxious. His nervous stomping rumbled the floor below him. He paced to and fro on his balcony, worrying over his kingdom. Lost in thought, Ahaziah paid no attention to the latticework slowly cracking beneath his feet. All of the sudden, his troubled thoughts were interrupted by the floor giving way from underneath him. The king fell more than a dozen feet through the floor of the upper room, slamming onto the palace floor below. The fall took all the breath out of him. His ears were ringing from the impact to his head. Slowly, he began to feel the sting of several broken bones coursing through his body. King Ahaziah laid there motionless for what seemed like days. The pain was intense, and his already muddied mind began to panic. It took everything in him to scream to his servants for help. After several cries for help echoing through the silent chambers, He finally found aid. 
His servants tended to his broken bones and fractured skull. His lungs were beginning to recover more of the air they once lost. However, the injuries to his body and head seemed beyond repair. Ahaziah sat in despair. He had only been king a few weeks, and he feared he would never recover. His paranoid mind began to wander into dark places. He wanted answers to questions not worth asking. He desired for hope in his dark and painful state. So, in a moment of weakness, Ahaziah sent his messengers to find priests in the temple of Baalzebub, the god of Ekron. He sent them to ask if he would ever recover. In so doing, Ahaziah revealed where his hope truly was. His heart was attached to the Philistine god of plagues and flies. His request revealed how far his heart was from the true god of Israel. Elijah was walking the fields of Tishbe, enjoying the peace of a mild summer day. The wind blew slightly from the west. Elijah had enjoyed peace since Ahab's death. No longer pursued by a witch queen and her puppet king, Elijah could now fully set his mind on the things of God. In a moment of prayer, the Lord spoke to Elijah, saying, Go and confront the messengers from the king, they are on their way to Baalzebub to ask Ekron for wisdom. Elijah was disturbed at the news. Not only did this reveal the wicked state of King Ahaziah's heart, but it also showed that Philistine influence had crept into his council. King Ahaziah's mind and heart were compromised. God spoke clearly again, saying, Go and tell them that he will never leave his bed. He will surely die where he lies. Elijah knew not to waste any time when it came to matters of God. So he left where he was and ran to intercept the king's messengers. He found them almost at the temple and told them of all God had said. Disturbed and afraid, the messengers turned around and ventured back to the palace. King Ahaziah was alone in his chambers. Just within sight past the entrance to his door, he could see the hole in the ceiling where he fell. It tormented him, and he longed for a day where he could walk again to be rid of the view. The king looked to his left out the window, feeling an intense pain in his chest. He coughed and covered his mouth with the cloth in his hand. He looked down at the cloth. Blood. A grave sign for the king. He sighed deeply and closed his eyes. Then a sudden echo of footsteps could be heard from the halls. His messengers had returned. They bowed before his bed. They had just left that morning, so the king was confused at their arrival. Why have you returned so soon? the king asked. A man intercepted us and told us that he had a message from God. Ahaziah's eyes widened. He had seen King Ahab's war with the God of their forefathers. As a child, he witnessed his father's constant turmoil with the God of David. At one time he considered following the god of David, but decided not to, for the Philistine gods offered him more room for sin and lewdness. He knew that no good news awaited him. The servants delivered the message from God, saying, Is there no god in Israel? Why have you sent messengers to Baalzebub? Your request reveals much. You shall never leave your bed. You shall die on the bed you are lying on. What sort of man was he? What did he look like? the king whispered, for he had an idea of who it was. 
his father's sworn enemy, was still alive. They replied he was a hairy man who wore a leather belt to hold his robes together. Ahaziah sat up in his bed. His lungs began to strain, and his chest swelled up with coughing. Blood spattered all over his sheets, and his chin was dripping with blood and saliva. Elijah! he yelled as blood flung across the room. Take my army captain with fifty soldiers. Go and arrest him. The king's coughing filled the room, and his servants came in the room to attend to him while the messengers sent word for his captain. Elijah was sitting on top of a grassy hill overlooking the city below when the captain and his fifty men approached. He remained sitting as the captain drew his sword and pointed it at Elijah. Man of God, the king has commanded for you to come with us. Elijah looked at all the men closely. He observed their angry scowls and violent eyes. He closed his eyes and gave a brief sigh. He opened his eyes and looked to the skies. The sun was still high in the air. However, the clouds were shifting slightly, and it looked like a storm was possibly approaching. Elijah replied nonchalantly, If I am truly a man of God, perhaps fire should come down from heaven to destroy your small army. As Elijah said this, a flash from the sky pierced downwards and sent all fifty men flying through the air. Immediately they were consumed with flames. They were dead almost instantly. Word reached the king of this incident, so he sent fifty more men to pursue and arrest Elijah. The other captain pointed his spear at Elijah and said, Man of God, you must come with us. It was a foolish mistake. For Elijah gave the same reply he did before, and fire from heaven consumed him and his men. The king heard of this and was insistent on sending another group of fifty men to pursue Elijah. Only this time, the captain fell at Elijah's feet and said, Please, O man of God, spare us. We are following orders, but do not want to be consumed like the others. Elijah smiled at the men for the humility. At the very least, they had learned their lesson unlike their king. Elijah could hear the slight whisper of God comforting him. He said, Do not fear the king. Go down to him. So Elijah sat up and willingly walked down with the soldiers to the palace. He stood before the broken king. Ahaziah could barely say a word, for his body was failing him. Elijah once again delivered the message of God, and with those words, King Ahaziah breathed his last and died. Ahaziah had no sons to succeed him. His brother, Yoram, became the next king of Israel. Ahaziah's death was not a result of injury. Rather, it was the result of a generational sickness in the kings of Israel. Their corrupt and selfish hearts were slowly killing the integrity of their nation. The passion of King David had disappeared in the land of Israel. What replaced it was a lineage of kings determined to seek their own glory above the children of God. Their imperfection only made them more vulnerable to attack and corruption. One day there would be a king to humbly enter the kingdom of Israel. A king that would not be self-serving or evil. He would be a king that would enter in humbly, lying in a manger. He would come to serve the people and lay down his life for them. He would bring peace, love, and truth to a people far off and lost. Yet for now, the ups and downs of kings continued. We begin today's passage in the aftermath of King Ahab's death. 
With the king dead, Moab rebelled against Israel. It was a time of great turmoil in the northern kingdom, which is no big surprise given the corruption and the wicked rule of Ahab and the wicked queen Jezebel. It is also no great surprise that Ahaziah, the new king, son of Ahab and Jezebel, would follow in his parents' footsteps and seek out idols, pagan gods and deities. One morning, King Ahaziah fell through the lattice in his bedroom and plummeted to the hard floor below. He was seriously injured and became sick, confined to his bed. But rather than call out to God for help, what did he do? He turned to false gods, just as his parents had done throughout their lives. Ahaziah sent messengers to seek answers from Beelzebub, the Philistine god of plagues. He wanted to know if he would recover from his injuries. And what Ahaziah failed to recognize was that his real sickness was not in his broken body, but in his broken soul. But God saw the king and was grieved because of his unfaithfulness. So God sent an angel to give his prophet Elijah a message to Ahaziah. Because the king had turned to a foreign god, acting as though there was no god in Israel, he would never leave the confinement of his bed, but would die there. Elijah set off to find the messengers who were headed to Ekron to seek out Beelzebub. He told them all the angel had said, and they returned to Ahaziah with bad news, bad news from the strange man on the road. When Ahaziah asked what the man looked like, the description confirmed what surely he already knew. Elijah, the same man who had troubled his father Ahab, was at it again. God's man was being God's man. Ahaziah sent a captain with 50 men to bring Elijah in. No doubt the king had in mind to make him pay for his words. But when they found Elijah, they called him a man of God and told him to come quickly because the king had ordered it. But Elijah answered to a much higher king, the Lord God. So he replied that if he was indeed a man of God, then fire would come down from heaven and consume the men. Just then God sent fire from the skies and wiped out Ahaziah's men. This sign would deter any reasonable and wise king, but Ahaziah was far from reasonable or wise. So he sent a second captain with 50 men, the same order, the same response from Elijah, and the same outcome, fire from heaven that consumed the men. Ahaziah sent a third contingent of men, but this time the captain did not demand that Elijah come with him. Instead, he humbled himself before Elijah, saying, as recorded in 2 Kings 1.13, O man of God, please let my life and the life of these 50 servants of yours be precious in your sights. In other words, please don't kill us. Please don't take us out from the power of your God. So this man had a different attitude and a different request, a different response, therefore. God told Elijah to go with the man and deliver his message personally to Ahaziah. So Elijah went to the king and again told him that because he turned to the Philistine God, his very life would be taken from him in that bed. And just as the Lord said, Ahaziah died then and there. A short reign marked by idolatry and foolishness and death. Today's passage reminds us that our God is the one true God and that he is a jealous God who deserves our full focus, attention, adoration, and affection. Let there be no other gods before him. 
Like his parents before him, Ahaziah gave his heart to false gods, and it cost him not only an abundant and peaceful life and a beautiful reign among the people, it cost him everything. It cost him his life because God will not be mocked. The Bible says whatever a person sows, he will also reap. So let's pray. Dear God, thank you for this story that teaches us that you are a great God, a glorious God, and you and you only are God. And we pray that we would never turn to the world and the idols of this world and the things of this world to find relief or rescue or comfort in any false God. We thank you that you are jealous for us, that you love us because we are yours and you love us deeply and dearly, and you always want our best. Remind us, God, today that our hearts are to be completely yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's Bible in a Year podcast. I'm Pastor Jack Graham from Dallas, Texas. Let me encourage you to go ahead right now and download the Pray.com app and make the Word of God and prayer a huge priority in your life. Let me also encourage you to tell others about this podcast because you can pass the word to others. And if you want more resources on how to tap into God's power for living the Christian life, be sure to visit jackgraham.org. That's jackgraham.org. We would love to connect with you right now. This episode is sponsored by MediShare an innovative healthcare solution for Christians to save money without sacrificing quality. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 4-14-24 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended silver unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, cheap Caribbean vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Jamaica and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. That's CheapCaribbean.com.